With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. I'm Tony Schiavone, along with Referee of the Year. Why, why'd you say it like that? I don't know, because you always put me over like I'm like the greatest fucking thing ever. And I'm just like, no. I, I, well, backstage, you're always walking around like I'm the greatest fucking thing ever, so I might as well. Yeah, I mean, I do, <laughs> and I say that. I'm like, I got the biggest cock of anybody in this fucking company. <laughs> walking around, just like throwing it over my shoulder. Yeah. It's confidence, Tony. It's confidence. And I also discovered if I can go behind the scenes here a little bit, which I will. Oh, shit. You uh, you smoke cigars are the best of them. I do. I gave up drinking and I needed something else. And mm-hmm. uh, it's easier to stick to one cigar than it is to uh, stick to one drink. Yeah, but you know what you're doing. Cigar, you know, you, you have to know what you're doing being a cigar smoker. You do yeah, know what you're I doing. Yeah, I mean, I've had enough friends who had babies and got married, so I've had some practice. Where are we going here? We welcome to... I have no uh, idea. <laughs> we welcome to the podcast, Wardlow. How's it going? Oh, How man. are you? Doing well. How are you? Good. You're such a laid back guy, man. So <laughs> laid back. Just, yeah, just just absolutely laid back. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, one of the newest members of the inner circle. Oh, that's right. Uh, along, of course, uh, along with MJF, Mister Mayhem. Yes, sir. As well. Here's the here's the list we have of your accolades, and I know they are going to grow as time goes on. Oh, absolutely. International Wrestling Cartel Super Indie Champion, three times International Wrestling Cartel World Heavyweight Champion. Damn and right. Revenge Pro World Champion. Yes, sir. All right. Good stuff. Incredible, incredible accolades so far. Definitely, as Tony said, that list is only get, get longer. So, Inner Circle with Chris Jericho. How surprised were you after Full Gear when that happened? I guess, like, I mean, this is unrestricted. So, like, you knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how surprised were you when you found out? Anything with Max, I'm not too surprised. That's, I mean, that's true, I guess. It's what we do is win. So, hey! I expected us to win and. I wasn't sure if we would be rejoiced with open arms. No. <laughs> um, Maybe you, but not him. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I was a little more surprised that Jericho welcomed us with smiles and hugs and all that. Definitely a uh, big surprise. I don't think anybody was really expecting that uh, during yeah. Full Gear. No, they weren't. But, you know, realistically, Wardlow, and uh, same for you, Aubrey, if you take a look now at what we have, we have so many different potential storylines with oh, him so now, a member of the inner circle, and, and Wardlow so a part of it, and and Wardlow and Jake Hager staring at each other. Just uh, a lot of good stuff that can come out of that. So I was surprised at first, but then when I think about it, I'm not surprised. So No, it makes a lot of sense. So I want to talk about your uh, your in-ring debut. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of debuts you made here. Uh, we had video of you, of course, a video package about Wardlow is coming, and, and you arrived, but... I want to go back to, I think, what has been your defining moment here? I think everybody would agree with the cage match against Cody. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, that just, uh, I remember backstage, everybody going, boy, the kid, he, he really performed well. And uh, 
were you were you nervous going into that match? I mean, that's that's a big, high profile match on a big show in a big arena. It was a very unique experience. Um, it's weird. It's like that whole evening and match is like a blackout. Mm-hmm. Really, it's like it's hard to even recall. I don't remember the entrance. <laughs> I the only the only thing I like really remember is when I was standing in the ring and Cody and I were squaring off when the bell rang. That's like the only thing I can vividly remember. But um, I said it in the the road two recently that that is you couldn't have put any more pressure on me. Oh no, no, you're right. It's like don't fuck up, dude. I mean, my first <laughs> match ever on live TV. Gets the face of the company in his hometown. In his hometown. In, in a cage. First ever cage match. Main event. Cody Rhodes. Like, But um, I will say I most definitely have felt for a long time that I was ready for that. And I was comfortable being in that position. And I knew I could perform under pressure and I performed better under pressure. But, um, man, most definitely the best night of my life. So it was really great because I remember specifically, like, I didn't know you too well at that point. And I just assumed you were kind of one of these, like, standoffish big dudes, whatever. But, like, turns out you're a fucking sweetheart. And I'm like, oh, did you, did you bring anybody for this show? Figuring you brought, like, some, like, super hot chick. And you're like, I brought my mom. And I was just like, this guy's the best. He brings <laughs> his mom to his debut. Like, how about that? Yeah, well. What does she think? It, as much of a dream it is mine, it's as much hers. That's true. You know, she wanted this as much as I did she wanted this for me as much as I did but yeah I saw a lot of happy tears flowing that day which is always a good thing what did she think about you catching someone as they're moonsaulting off the top of a cage um she probably had a slight heart attack (laughs) as did I as did I I've never you know there's no words you could explain watching somebody come 15 20 feet down wild experience well it was a memorable night for many reasons i know your mother was proud i think everybody backstage was proud of of how you performed and you know you mentioned that you you knew you were ready for that moment you prepared for that moment the the confidence that you uh that you were showing that night and as you've always shown but especially big that night is something you know we've talked to a lot of wrestlers here and a lot of performers that confidence is something that I don't I don't know if you can learn. I think you have it. Am I right? I think so. I mean, I felt, gosh, I felt I was ready for a TV when I was on my trampoline as a teenager. Ah, you <laughs> there know, you go. This is, it's just something you know deep down. All right. So uh, your debut on Dynamite uh, was uh, in November of last year. Yikes. Yeah, we're oh, coming up. The, one year anniversary. That? The 13th will be one year. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's crazy. So when did you know you were coming aboard as uh, the enforcer, so to speak, of MJF? When did when did that all get laid out to you? August thirty first, all out. Mm. When my first video played. Okay. After the video aired, there was a conversation about the idea of myself and Max, and essentially Max approached me and said, "Hey, I'm about to make a lot of enemies." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> I need somebody to have my back. And we came in agreement. So. Pretty good. So, obviously, if you're the enforcer for Max, you have to wear a lot of suits. I think it popped me real hard when you came in with your little Burberry tie. Fantastic. How many suits do you actually have? 
I've lost count at this point. <laughs> wow. We need to get like a men's warehouse sponsorship with the amount of people yeah, that wear suits at this company. Oh, man, we got to get Dana on that. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, let's hook it up. It's been great chemistry between you and MJF, though, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, there's obviously something there. There's sure. also a little bit of friction, but. Sure, and, and that's what makes it great. Yeah. Right. Yeah, great chemistry with him and I, and I think it's only going to get better. So you ended up uh, having a match in Chicago uh, with DDP, or maybe it was Miami, one of the two. I wasn't in the match. Yeah, but I know you were on the outside. I was there. So that, that calling that thing was insane because it's like a six-man tag and it's already wild. Like, what was that experience like working? Well, the fact that it was Bash at the Beach yeah, was like, I couldn't believe it. That was such a cool venue growing up and show growing up. So I was very excited just for the Bash at the Beach aspect, but for DDP to be involved, you know, a legend. It was, um, among other things I've experienced, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. Some of the people I've been able to meet and gain knowledge from and work with and just having these experiences that, you know, teenage me or young me would have never even Trampoline imagined. Wardlow. Yeah. We're talking with Wardlow here on AEW Unrestricted. And uh, I, want, I want to go back. You touched on it. Now, now we jump around a lot here, so bear with us. I want to go back to the cage match. I, I uh, sometimes, as an announcer, know when things are going to happen, and I don't. I had no idea the moonsault off the cage was going to happen. How could you not? You see that cage, you know someone's going to jump off of it. No, I, no you don't. <laughs> you just don't. I just assumed. It was like, oh, there's no. a cage. It's not going to be Wardlow. Cody's probably going to jump off of it. I've watched wrestling. Even when he looked up <laughs> top, I'm thinking, what the hell is he doing? Is he trying to escape? And then he gets up and he stay Really? I, I didn't know what was going on. So anyway, th that's not the story here. The story here is that when you were approached about that, what did you think about when they said, Cody's coming off the cage? What, what was going through your mind? I said, let's do it. In the backstage area. Oh, before, right before the match? Yes, before the match. Well, right before the match, getting ready to go out probably the most unique feeling I've ever felt. Mm. Once again, it was like this blackout of just sure. so many people were talking in my ear, but I wasn't, wasn't registering what they were saying. You're just focused. Yeah. I've never been so uh, focused in my life and just tunnel vision. But when I initially heard about it, I was stoked. I All was right. like, let's do it. There's never been anything move wise that I've ever said no to in wrestling. Hmm. There's a couple things that have happened that I won't do again. <laughs> uh, but um, I'll try everything once. Speaking of different moves, um, you're in the world title eliminator tournament. And I know first round you were with Jungle Boy. Mm -hmm. And he's got a very different move set than mm -hmm. you. Very high flying, very quick, very agile. And you're just big man, beat the shit out of people. What was it like planning a match with someone who has a very different style than your own. I I enjoy it almost as much as big men matches. Mm. Um, I've always enjoyed the storytelling of big guy, little guy, David Goliath. And I feel like smaller wrestlers and larger wrestlers can really complement each other. The larger wrestler can base and make the little guy, it can help the little guy do anything. Um, and then the big guy can pick up the little guy and 
basically do whatever you want to them. So I feel like there's, we can complement each other and really bring the best out of each other in that aspect. Then you move on to a uh, hangman, Adam page in the, oh in the second round and a kid who can, can literally seemingly do anything. So talk about that match for us. Now that's my favorite style of match. Yeah, that one was good. Um, the bigger and harder you hit, the better. Um, you know, wrestling for me, you know, it, 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 this is what I do. This is what I know. This is very real to me. You know, when I go out there, I'm competing. I'm an athlete. I'm a wrestler. Um, I'm not an entertainer. I'm not an artist. You know, when I'm out there, am I entertaining? Absolutely. Do I create art? Art of war, sure. Sure. Um, I'll create a painting with their blood. Yeah, there you go. But um, I like hard-hitting wrestling, beat the shit out of each other. And that's what I had with Adam. Yeah, that was one of those matches where I'm like, are they are they actually, like, shoot-hitting each other? Because like, you guys were, like, actually, like, almost beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, we, we didn't pull any punches. No, it was... And I think that's kind of one of those moments where it's a big tournament. It's leading to a potential pay-per-view spot, like... You have to give it your all. And I think because of that, it's a very memorable match. Just not not just for you and for Hangman, but I think just for Dynamite in general. Like, it's one of those that I feel like people are going to go back to and say, oh, no, this one, this one was good. That yeah. whole tournament was filled with great shit. Yeah, that was um, cage match aside. I think that's my favorite match so far was me and Paige. Okay, I'm going to read this question before we go to a break. <laughs> I didn't write it, but I think it's pretty cool. On AEW Dynamite, on more than one occasion, we've had more female viewers than men in the 18 to 34 demo. Could that possibly be attributed to your on-screen time? Okay, so it's funny you say that because before I even started, like a little personal goal of mine that I hadn't expressed to anyone okay. was that I wanted to get female viewership. Yeah, buddy. So the fact that we're having this conversation yeah. is very cool. And maybe it is me, maybe it's not, but I would like to think I am helping that demographic and I would like to think that those numbers will continue to rise. We've got Very a good. true ally in Wardlow. We'll start calling <laughs> you the female demo god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, T-shirt yeah. next week. T-shirt. Oh, guaranteed. ShopAEW.com. It'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We're talking to Mr. Mayhem Wardlow. We're going to talk about his background before he got into pro wrestling. This is AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey sitting here with Mr. Mayhem himself, Wardlow, talking a little bit about first matches, crazy experiences, hard-hitting action uh, that we've experienced uh, watching you in Dynamite and working with you. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about your background. You actually trained in boxing and jujitsu. I have. Wow. How, how long and when did you start? I actually started... When I quit my job and pursued wrestling 100%, and I just figured anything I could do to better myself and better my in-ring shape and my authenticity, mm. you know, I don't want to be just a guy that wrestles. Like, I want to know that, okay, people want to call what I do fake. Mm -hmm. Well, let's step outside of the ring. I will still whoop that ass. Yeah, what's up? Well, that, that so did you ever entertain doing something besides pro wrestling, like MMA or, or boxing or anything like that? No. Okay. 
I grew up before UFC really blew up. Mm -hmm. So that growing up, that wasn't like really a, a thing. So it's always been wrestling. Now there's been times during wrestling where I was like, oh man, like this is what I'm getting into. Yeah. But we all know those stretch of awkward, like 2010, 2011, when it was just, there was only one option and it was not a good option. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I'm like, oh man, if I was younger, I would probably think about getting into MMA a little more. How old are you? I'm 32. Really? I would have assumed you were like 25. Yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah. But um, fighting in an octagon is most definitely something I think about often. And maybe one day, I'll never say never. Yeah. But... Could pull Lesnar, go win a title, come back. Yeah, it's very intriguing. Professional football is something I feel like I could have been very successful in. But again, it's just I've never, I've just had tunnel vision on pro wrestling. There's never been any, as much as I like other things, I always knew this was it. Do you ever talk to Jake Hager about MMA? Um, Hager and I really don't speak much. They just look at each other. We just other. kind of stare at each other. They, I think we have a little bit of a... They got giant heat. I don't even know why we hate each other, but we do. Okay. <laughs> it's like that alpha male thing. like Tremendous. I love it. So you're from Middlefield, Ohio, which is near Cleveland. Yes. So started your wrestling training there. You said you've been a wrestler your entire life. Like, What does that actually mean? When did you start? Where did you go? Um, so I remember my older sister was a wrestling fan. And she had like this little booklet. And it had like eight by tens mm. of like Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. And and I just remember flipping through that like, oh, these guys are so cool looking. And then I watched it for the first time. And I have home video somewhere before I can even remember or talk. I'm just a little baby with these huge, big rubber action figures. And I'm using the kitchen table chair as the ring. Ah. I'm just clanging and banging them. But my first uh, memories is Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, good one. I don't know what it was about him, but when I was a kid, Brett the Hitman Hart just truly captured me. And it was just his confidence and his believability um, and his selling. And just he just sucked me in, and I felt so in love with wrestling. And Mr. Perfect as well was mm -hmm. another one. God, I was such a big Mr. Perfect fan. And it was just like I just never looked back. And then through the years, you have these guys, you know, it goes from Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect to Kevin Nash was a big inspiration to The Rock, um, then Jeff Hardy, then guys like Brock Lesnar and Batista. And it's just over the years, I had all these guys that kind of morphed me into who I am today. But yeah, I just, I, I've loved it forever. Damn. So where did you train? Oh boy. So... The reason I got into wrestling so late was because I didn't know indie wrestling was a thing. Right. So I'm from the middle of nowhere, Ohio. I knew there was WWE, WCW. That's all I knew. I didn't know indie wrestling was a thing. I didn't know where to go to train. I had no clue how to even start. And I remember I was at a live event in Cleveland and some guy was handing out flyers. And I grabbed one of these flyers and I was like, pro wrestling show, what is this in Cleveland? Right. 
And then I flipped it over and it was like the Dungeon Academy. I was like, there's a training school in Cleveland I could go to. It's so funny to hear you say that because to me, like Cleveland's a big wrestling town. Yeah, I had no clue. Like there's so many like named wrestlers that come from Cleveland. I'm like, how did you not? But I think all of us, like if we don't know about indie wrestling, unless someone introduces it to us, it's a completely foreign concept. Yes. But then once you realize it's a thing, it's like, oh no, of course, like there's the minor leagues that build you up to the majors, right? Unfortunately, none of my friends liked wrestling. Mm. Like I didn't know anybody that was into wrestling. So I remember I called them the next day and left a voicemail and they brought me out for like a little tryout and this place was just a bad part of cleveland mm. it was truly a dungeon i mean this tiny little building no heat no ac mm. this tiny little ring but lamont williams was training and i was literally the only person there and he couldn't believe that i had never been in a ring before reason being there was the show Tough Enough growing up. And I remember that very first season of Tough Enough was the first time that you actually saw like them teaching how to give bumps and everything. So I remember as a kid, I brought this little mat out to the living room and I just mimicked everything I saw. Ooh. And I basically trained myself doing flips and like literally the proper way to take a bump and everything. Just fall back and then so out, like, like forward rolls. Absolutely, so rolls. I already knew all this coming into it. So the training went well. The place was on its way out of business. So I didn't train there for long. Um, and a guy, Matt Justice, um, who's pretty popular on the indies right now, he kind of took me under his wing and he helped teach me some things. And then he introduced me to IWC in Pittsburgh where Britt um, yeah. came up. And that's where I really started training full time and working full time was with them. We're talking with Wardlow, and we're talking about his training and his uh, – I want to go back to – you mentioned uh, Jeff Hardy. Uh, you mentioned uh, Mr. Perfect, obviously Bret Hart. As you grow up and you become a wrestling fan, is there one match that you remember from any of these guys that you thought, oh, that's it, man. That's what I want to do. That that caught my attention. Man, it's, it's hard for me to say because growing up, I, I kind of only had like – three VHS tapes that I watched a million times over and over, which there was two Royal Rumbles. I think it was like 92 and 93. And then um, Caesars Palace WrestleMania. Was that nine? I think it was nine. WrestleMania nine. I don't know. Tony probably remembers. Um, He's an old fart. So it was kind of just watching those over and over. <laughs> but it was Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect. Mm was one match. I think that was what, SummerSlam? I mean, you're asking me. I didn't watch wrestling back in the day. Okay. But that was, most, that, that was one of the thing. matches that really got me excited. But the Royal Rumble match itself, I think, was the most intriguing thing as a child. Any particular reason why? Just the chaos of it? Yeah, I think just the excitement of not knowing of who's coming next. The and counting seeing down. all these different characters coming out. And, I, man, I just remember Mr. Perfect would get thrown over the top rope. 4,000 times every Royal Rumble and you thought he was getting eliminated and you would get back in. <laughs> I just remember going, no, don't, you can't get eliminated, you can't get eliminated. And he would always make his way back in. And then feeling so upset when he would get eliminated. So you left Cleveland, went to Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. got some training there, IWC. Uh, when did, like, 
you've got some pretty impressive moves in your arsenal, like the F10 being one of them, and you've got that like corner knee strike now. At what point did you start perfecting those moves? I don't want to sound like an asshole, but oh, no. <laughs> like this comes so natural to me. Yeah. Like I don't really have to practice these things. You're a giant motherfucker. It makes sense that you can throw things like throw people around. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Everything just comes so natural. That, like anytime I want to try a new move, it's like it's just there. Damn. Well, as Aubrey said, you're a giant motherfucker. Yep. Okay. <laughs> You've been compared to a lot of diverse people in wrestling, like uh, Jason Momoa, Roman Reigns. What do you think about those comparisons? I'll take the Jason Momoa comparison all day long. That's why that female viewership's so high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of Jason Momoa as an actor and as a human being. Um, he's a great dude right. and a handsome man. So I'll take that comparison all day long. Yeah. I think, I, I think I'm a little better looking than Roman Reigns, but. There you go. I'll say yeah. Yeah, we would agree. We're biased, but we would still agree. Even if we weren't. Very biased. <laughs> you very, said very in an interview biased. last year that. AEW or WWE was the goal for 2019. Was WWE ever an option for you? I think so. Um, did you ever have a tryout? I know people know that I did have a tryout, and I smoked that tryout. I mean, I was literally the only dude there in a suit, speaking of suits. Really? That's like their gimmick is it you have to show up in a suit. mind-blowing. Dudes are there in shorts and T-shirts. Oh, no, 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 no. That's because they're not recruiting wrestlers. They're recruiting ex-NFL athletes right. or college wrestlers, people that have never watched wrestling, don't care about wrestling. Like the, the comments these people were making made me sick to my stomach oh that boy. they were there getting an opportunity. Oh boy. Where my roommate, I? of course, my roommate <laughs> is like, man, I've never even watched wrestling. I don't even like it. I'm just like, get out of my room. Oh my God. Like, why are you here? And it was his second tryout. Oh my God. So you're, like these people are getting multiple chances. Um, so I smoked that tryout. I'm like, I have this in the bag. And like so much so, I literally sold my motorcycle, sold my house, like literally got rid of everything because I'm like, I'm going to put everything into moving into Florida. We're going go to go to Orlando. We're going to do all this thing. So when the email came in that I was not... Man, I remember I actually had to pull over on the side of the road. Oh. Because I was like, I just couldn't believe it. And then I started training personally with Kurt Angle mm. um, when he was getting ready to make his comeback for his final couple matches. And me and Kurt clicked in the ring really well. And him and I talked a lot. And he expressed that he had had a, a conversation with a certain somebody there about bringing me in. And he told me, he's like, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. You just kind of have to wait for that opportunity because they want to slot certain people in. Right. And, whoa, sorry, we're, we're at the uh, Daily's Place venue and they're definitely setting up for Dynamite tomorrow, so there's some, there's some background noise. Anyway, yeah, it's like you may be the best person there and totally smoke the tryout, but if you're not what they're looking for in that moment, right. that's not your fault. That's, right. that's just the opportunity's not there, but you're clearly ready for it and you're right. just waiting for it and it just needs to come along. Yes, and Lord knows... I am not the most patient person. No. <laughs> at all. Um, that's always been a battle. So when the opportunity came with AEW and I heard what the plans were and I heard the vision and the passion behind it, I knew 
I, I knew there was nothing for me to wait for. Right. You just got to show up, man. This is what it is. Yeah. And I'm very happy I didn't say no and wait and wait and wait. God knows I could still be waiting at this point. Who knows? Um, I'm most definitely where I'm supposed to be. That's so wonderful. Uh, one more question before we go to our break. Uh, you're a, you're into comic books, right? I am. Ooh. Are you a DC or a Marvel guy? Okay. I always start with saying I love both. Okay. But DC. <laughs> really? Absolutely DC. Welcome to my Batcave. Yeah, he's got yes. Superman and his Batman over there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. that's Superman why you guys and are friends. That's, that's why it. you guys are friends. I love Superman Batman. That's actually my favorite book to read is the Superman Batman oh. joint. What do you books. think of the movie? Oh, man. How Shit. much time do we have? So, <laughs> <laughs> podcast about Wardlow, not his thoughts on Batman and Superman. <laughs> All right. I, I lo- Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I love Man of Steel. I loved Batman vs. Superman. Mm-hmm. There's many things I wish they would have done differently. And then Justice League was just the worst. Oh, terrible. I'm ready for the Snyder Cut. Mm. Love it. We're talking to Wardlow here on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we've got... Quite a few fan questions. I'm excited. This is AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Tony are here with Wardlow. All of Wardlow is massive. I can't fit them all in the frame. But uh, we've got quite a few fan questions. I was telling them during the break. I posted this question on Twitter. Like, hey, give us fan questions. And from what I noticed, it was the most amount of questions I've gotten very quickly. So I think that female demo that we've been talking about, I think that actually uh, plays out a little bit here. Anyway, my favorite part, trying to uh, pronounce Twitter names. This one's easy. Eric J. Garland on Twitter. Wardlow has said he doesn't have friends. So how does that lone wolf mentality help on the ring? And has there been anyone at AEW besides Max behind the scenes who you've really learned a lot from? Oh, that's a good question. Um, It helps me in many ways. I mean, I have zero distractions when I'm home. Mm. When I get home, it's right back to dieting training there's no question of do i go hang out with this person do i go to this party do i go to this club no i know exactly what i'm doing all day every day gotta eat chicken you gotta go to the gym yeah lots of eating lots of training lots of recovering so it just it keeps me me um as far as friends here you know there's a huge learning tree that i am blessed to stand under here we all are I've already learned so much from QT and Cody, guys like Arn and Jerry Lynn and Billy Gunn, and even guys like um, the uh, FTR mm. and Tolly and um, Spears have all given me great feedback. Spears is a really good one. I don't think people really take advantage of chatting with him as much as they should mm. because I know I've learned a lot from Spears, Absolutely. just even from a wrestling psychology standpoint. So those guys always give me great feedback. I'm cool with a few people, but the one person I'm, I would consider myself like really tight with or boys with um, is 10. Yeah. Well, which I've heard I know stories. is a known thing here. You guys uh, go eat your barbecue, go to the club. Pre-COVID, go to the club. We went once. <laughs> like you go once and now it's like legendary. Like, oh, they go to a club every week. <laughs> uh, this is from uh, the Jinx on Twitter. Who is the not-so-obvious dream match that Wardlow would like to have? Now, Jinx would like to qualify that. It can be anyone, man, woman, alive, dead, intergender tag, fictional character, 
Who's the one person you want to have a match with? Oh, Jesus. This is like asking your favorite song or favorite movie or oh. favorite match. Yeah, there's I know no, it's difficult. Right, I got you. There, there's not just one. I would say the top two would be Rock. Oh, yeah. And the other would be Brock. Oh. Okay. Aside from that, I've kind of already had one of my dream matches being Cody. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I would I'd not I would like to, I need to do that again. Mm. I have two losses, Hangman and Cody, and I won't find peace until I avenge those. We gotta right those wrongs. Um I would really want to wrestle Kenny as well, Omega. Sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the best wrestlers in the world who wouldn't want to wrestle him, right? Just his mind is crazy. Brett Klein on Twitter asks, I'd like to know if Wardlow wasn't paired with MJF, who would he like to, or who would he want to see himself paired with? He and MJF work so damn well together, it's hard for me to picture him with anyone else. Yeah, I'm not much of a team guy. so You I, don't say. <laughs> I would prefer to just be alone. Mm, lone wolf very much so yeah i just i just work better alone right this is a good one from maggie k goes all the way down to the bottom here aubrey oh yeah no why are your instagram stories so goddamn scary are they i what what do you post on your stories i don't actually watch my instagram is very professional like it's just it's i don't share it's like picture one word caption or no word captions yeah it's it's always it's either wrestling or workout related. So I do I post a lot of gym selfies if that that's the it. terrifying thing. Which is very large and intimidating, I guess. I guess some people find that scary. I guess so. Oh. Well, you're just yourself, right? On Instagram. Yeah. No fluff, just who you are. Right. Just because you're wolf. again, you just mentioned before, you don't have that many friends, you're a lone wolf, you're you're very, you know, low key, so to speak and yeah. That's the way those Instagram posts are. So maybe it's scary to some people. Loneliness is scary for some people. <laughs> I don't. I I would not do well. I embrace I, Listen, it. you may be a loner, but I don't think you're lonely. No, this is true. Yeah. Okay. I have my dog. <laughs> hey, what kind of dog do you have? He's a lab mastiff mix. Ooh, Whoa, what's his name? Course. He's just a big lab, essentially. Yeah. Wow. Hey, guess what his name is, Tony? Um, He's all white. It's I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Crypto. Yep. That is freaking cool. And I'm going to show you a picture next time I see you that's going to okay. pop you hard. Okay. You guys are fucking nerds. All right. We got a question from Sid on Twitter. What match or feud before your appearance in AEW would you recommend uh, people watch to get more uh, idea of how you are and who you wrestle or how you wrestle? Um, before his first vignette in the parking lot of AEW, I had never heard his name before. Very excited to see what's to come. Okay, a couple of my favorite matches on the indies. Um, there's a ladder match with R.C. Dupree um, that I love. Any match I've had with a guy named Bulk Nasty. Bulk Nasty? Bulk Nasty, and he looks just how you would think. He's a big dude, big, strong dude. And like I said, I love wrestling that type of match. And him and I, when we clash, we clash. And then the others, anything with John McChesney, Oh, Jesus. Bill Collier. Ah. John McChesney and Bill Collier in Revenge and IWC. Those are my favorites. Got a lot of indie wrestling to watch now. There you go. All right. Uh, BJB says, that's BJB says on Twitter, 
What are a few things you've learned since joining AEW that have helped you most in or out of the ring? Hmm. Some tough ones here this week. My gosh. Yeah. People are very interested in the intellectual side of Wardlow. Mm -hmm. I feel like being a part of this company, the biggest thing it's done for me is just remind me to stay true to myself and always be a professional. And like just there's often times where it's like, ah, should I go do this? And it's like, no. And it like it just keeps me focused. It keeps me right and keeps me making good decisions yeah smart you're big um inspiration to a lot of people i think just with your work ethic and whatnot right jason long on twitter asks who is the one person in aew that you would both love to put through a table and have lunch with and have lunch with yeah there's like a venn diagram of put through table and lunch Man, <laughs> who wouldn't I like to put through a table is the better question. Yeah, I think so. I'd like to put like 98% of the roster through the table. <laughs> Great answer. So which one of those would you want to have lunch with? <laughs> I think that's the better question. If I could get a group of like Tony, Jim Ross, Billy Gunn, Jerry Lynn, oh, yeah. Dean Malenko, basically all the coaches and vets. Mm-hmm that I could learn from and hear great stories from. I would actually recommend this personal experience because we were hanging out with uh, Alex Abrahantes last night for his birthday. But I recommend if you ever have a chance, uh, play Cards Against Humanity with Jerry Lynn. He's a dirty motherfucker. (laughs) He's so funny. I could see it. (laughs) It's like, oh, oh, no, no, this makes sense. The Jerry Lynn in my head now makes sense. But, you know, I understand what you're saying because I have discovered and and I really, I've really, first of all, uh, feel honored you would, put me in that group but what i've discovered is that for you quote unquote youngsters and most of you are youngsters to me that you really enjoy the stories yeah and um just sitting down and telling the old the old stories and we have millions of them uh, many which cannot really be told in public because it will get us all in trouble (laughs) (laughs) or or in jail but you do enjoy the stories and, and you learn from that yeah, absolutely. I've already learned so much just from some of the stories I've heard. It's crazy how much you can get just sitting and listening. Mm-hmm. I find myself doing it a lot where you're just kind of listening to people talk about something and you're just like, this is fascinating. It's crazy. All right. Uh, let's hit uh, just a couple more. Uh, Benny the Mark. <laughs> Benny the Mark. Well, of course. Hey, Benny. Very, very explicit. Yeah. Who has a better physique? You or John Silver? Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Man, why you got to do my boy John? Like ah. <laughs> I think we have exact equally good physiques. There we go. Team player, despite being the lone. But if, you, but if you really want to know, just go on Instagram and All right. you can see. <laughs> Very I'm cool. Not gonna say I think I just posted like my first ever shirtless pic the other day. Ooh, female viewership's going way up now. <laughs> AJ Street on Twitter. If you could take one move from someone else and make it your own, who would you steal from and what would that move be? Man, haven't I stolen enough? That's all wrestling is, is just stealing things from other people. Uh, Well, okay, so two things about that. The Swanton Bomb. Right. Which I do. And that's mostly because I've probably done literally hundreds of thousands on a trampoline. I mean, I would literally just do them over and over for hours every day like a sick person um 
beyond that, maybe the rock bottom. Ooh. Um, which I've been thinking of variations of that, of how Ooh. to make it my own. That'd be cool. Um, but speaking of the knee, have you guys ever seen my corner strike knee done ever in your lives? No, I haven't. Because the first time you called that to me, I was like, shit, that sounds devastating. Yeah. that Choke the guy and then fucking. <laughs> that's my baby. I take a lot of pride in coming up with that on my own and being the first to ever do something quite like that. All right. Well, we are talking to a cold-blooded killer right here. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Good stuff, man. Very good. Yeah, your work ethic, your attitude is is something I think uh, that if all young wrestlers had, everybody would be a millionaire. Just tremendous stuff, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think if people want to know how to be successful in this business, like you can watch all the greats, but I think watching an in-progress story is definitely going to be you just because of all the positive things that you do to better yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You're I mean, an inspiration, friend. You got to put your everything into it. I mean, that's why I'm here is because I quit my job. I moved back in with my parents. I sold everything I had. I stopped going on dates, stopped hanging out with people. I mean, I literally secluded myself and just head down full sprint into this. And yes. that's what you have to do when people talk about sacrifice. For me, it wasn't sacrifice. It was just the proper steps. Mm -hmm. But like when you hear people, you have to sacrifice for your dreams. You really do. Now we know after talking with you, why it's not so surprising. You were so good in your cage match against Cody. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Good work, buddy. Okay. Uh, listen, you can follow uh, Wardlow on Instagram and Twitter at real Wardlow. So make sure you follow him. And, and uh, even though Maggie says this, I don't think you're so goddamn scary on, a, on Instagram. So make sure you follow him. <laughs> no, it's scary watching you eat. <laughs> it was one time, I think we were in Chicago. I was telling the story before we were on the air. But like first time I've ever seen Wardlow order food, and it's just like three takeout containers, and they're all chicken. Just different kinds of chicken. And like, oh, yeah, no, he's going to eat all of that, of course. <laughs> Eating is my second favorite thing from wrestling and working out. I believe it. I believe it. Thanks for coming today, buddy. Thank you for having me, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the AEW Unrestricted Podcast for free. That's wherever you get your podcasts. And also check out the video of the podcast on YouTube. Just search AEW Unrestricted on YouTube. And don't forget, we have AEW Dynamite every Wednesday, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central on TNT. Wardlow, thanks again, buddy. It's always great talking to you. You are truly one of the big stars up and coming in our sport. Hell yeah. I'm Tony Schiavone, and she I'm, is... I'm Aubrey Edwards. Thanks for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Bye. Bye.